Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 26 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your word that teaches and molds our hearts. May we discover the lesson you desire us to learn today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Matthew chapter 26 takes us to Jesus being anointed by an expensive ointment in preparation for his death and burial. There is much discussion about who the woman was who did this anointing. Some say it could be Mary Magdalene. Others, Mary, the sister of Martha. And still others say it could be the woman who was caught in adultery. We don't know, but we do know this occurred at someone's home and the woman poured it on his head. Jesus praises her for this while his disciples talked about it being wasteful. Next, we find Judas talking to the chief priests, negotiating 30 pieces of silver to give up Jesus to them. This is equivalent to about $20.60. Interestingly, verse 16 says, and from that moment, he sought a fitting opportunity to betray him. This shows us how sin works. Once we decide to sin, we are on the prowl, just like the enemy trying to find the best time and way to fulfill the sin. Let's be wary as we make plans and decisions and ask God to help us stay out of sin. Jesus sent his disciples into town to prepare the Passover meal. During this meal, he talks about the one who will betray him. He even discusses it with Judas himself and then establishes the sacrament of communion. They sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives and Jesus taught them for the last time. He tells them they will all desert him that night, even Peter. And Peter would deny knowing him three times. Even though these, he knows that these men will deny him, he also knows what they will do after he is risen from the dead. He knows they will start the church. He doesn't take this plan away from them just because they will walk in sin that night. He tells them all these things because of his deep love for them. He also tells them so they will remember these things after he is risen and it will further establish their faith. Next, they went to Gethsemane to pray. He takes his three best men just a little farther and asks them to stay awake with him because he is deeply grieved. Jesus prays for God to let this cup pass from him, but also prays God will will be done. When he returns to his three men, he finds them asleep and tells them to stay awake and pray they won't enter into temptation. This happens again and again. We can take Jesus' advice here and stay alert and pray against temptation. In fact, this is part of the prayer Jesus teaches them to pray in future books. May we take heed and do this often. Then Jesus walks toward his accusers, not away from them. Many prophecies we will read about are fulfilled as Jesus is taken to be interrogated and eventually crucified. We find Peter is greatly saddened that he had, in fact, denied knowing Jesus three times. And the word says he wept bitterly. Well, this is the result of sin. We too are deeply hurt when we sin. But Jesus shows us he already knows that we will sin and his love for us is not any less, just as it was not any less with Peter when he denied knowing him. 
the call on Peter's life was still huge and impacts us even today. So let us be encouraged by this story. Let's see what's happening in Acts chapter 26. Paul is brought before King Agrippa, who is versed in the Jewish law, and Paul is given the opportunity to tell his story. He tells all his deeds against the new believers of Christ. Some were very horrific, and some were just gross. He says he harassed the people and punished them to the point of blaspheming. He even went to different cities to find people to persecute. And yet God used Saul. He completely changed his beliefs and changed him into this Christ-spreading person throughout the Gentile nations. Let this give us hope today. We may feel inadequate or shameful over our past, but God has a plan to use it all for our good and his glory. Maybe there is someone you are close to that you've been praying for. Continue to pray for them with Paul's story in mind. God is in the business of changing hearts and minds. The governor Festus tells Paul that he is out of his mind. King Agrippa accuses Paul of trying to convert him to Christianity with just a few small words. Both these men agree that he could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar, for he had done nothing deserving of imprisonment. However, we see that Paul's testimony is being heard by these influential men, and they cannot unhear it. Paul's voice will be heard throughout the Roman Empire, and many will turn to Christ and be saved. We start reading in Exodus today. The meaning of the title of this book explains the nature of the book. Exodus means exit, and we will see God's divine deliverance of his people and many of the greatest miracles in the Old Testament in this book. We start out in chapter 1 with fear, and we know that fear breeds awful human deeds. This book will continue to affirm this assumption. The 12 tribes of Israel are mentioned by name, all the sons of Jacob, renamed Israel. These tribes grew in number by leaps and bounds. The new Pharaoh didn't know Joseph and how he was beloved by the previous Pharaoh. He became fearful of these people, so fearful that they were the topic of many discussions. He was afraid they would become enemies with the Egyptians and go to war against them. Somehow, the Egyptians started ruling over them, making them build storehouse cities for them. Over time, the Israelites became their slaves and were dealt with very harshly, but their numbers continued to grow. Unthinkable ha things happen when people are afraid, though. The Pharaoh demanded that all the midwives, our nurse types who deliver babies, that is, kill all the baby boys who are born. Imagine attempting population control way back then. The midwives were not compliant with his request, however, and God blessed these women. The next edict that came was just as devastating. All male babies were to be thrown into the Nile River. The difficulties are going to become greater and greater for the Israelites' God-chosen people. Chapter 2 finds a couple out of a tribe of Levi marrying and having a child. The mother saw how beautiful her son was and hid him for three months. She could no longer hide him, I'm sure, because of his cries. They would have been heard by others. So she made him a basket and sent her daughter to send it floating in the river. Pharaoh's daughter found him and her heart melted. God had a plan for this baby boy and his favor was upon him. And this is how God's favor works. There should have been no reason for him to be saved, especially by the Pharaoh's daughter. She was directly disobedient to her father's edict by taking him into her home. 
God shows his love to us in this situation as he plans to have the baby's mother actually nurse him, for the custom was to have a woman be the nursemaid to an infant. Out of all the Hebrew women that could have been chosen, it was Moses' actual mother. We must know that when God asks us to step out and be obedient to his call, he will provide the most compassionate way for us to serve him. The love of a mother was satisfied as she was able to nurse her own son. Her son grew up in the king of Egypt's home, was schooled as a prince, and treated like one as well. In this short chapter, Moses grew to be 40 years of age, and his heart shifted to feel the plight of the Israelites as they were mistreated before him. Just as God changed Paul's perspective, we see the same thing happening about 1,500 years prior to this man named Moses. God has been changing hearts since the beginning of time, and he can change ours and those we love. Moses found a new family to become a part of. A priest in the land of Midian took him in and gave him one of his daughters in marriage. Her name was Zipporah, and they had a son together. Over the next 40 years, the harsh Pharaoh died. However, the Israelites' bondage did not end. God heard their cries. If you remember, God told Abraham his descendants would be in bondage for 400 years. Well, that time had almost passed. We will see what happens tomorrow in chapters 3 and 4. Psalm 26 brings us to a prayer David wrote, asking first for vindication. He relied on God completely. He never wavered in his belief in God, and he was sturdy. I love verse 3 that says, For your loving kindness is before my eyes, and I have walked in your truth faithfully. David always saw God as loving and kind, and I choose to do the same. Verses 7 and 8 are underlined in my Bible, and they say that I may make the voice of thanksgiving heard and may tell of all your wondrous works. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. First, David was thankful. Even in difficult times, David had a grateful heart. God used him to show the people then and us now how to be thankful and the benefits of being thankful. He was truly a man after God's own heart and was blessed by God. We can lean into thankfulness and catch a glimpse of the power of being thankful, what that can do in our lives. Second, David loves to sit in God's presence. He writes about being in God's house where his glory was. This psalm was written when the Ark of the Covenant had been restored to David. The Philistines had captured it because they saw the blessing it provided the Israelites. However, they experienced just the opposite when it was in their possession. And when David received it back, his heart rejoiced. It brought him one step closer to God's presence and his glory. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you that we can read about your work in the lives of your people. Lord, you have all the power to change our hearts. So we ask you to soften our hearts and help us lean into you today. Help us be patient and wait for you to complete a good work in us. May we experience your presence and your glory here on earth, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.